Welcome to the ICN podcast in a series we're calling Everyday Mystics. Some may think that a mystic is someone who lives in a cave, in the clouds, or in a cloister, but in truth, being a mystic is not something that takes us out of living in the world, but more deeply into and through the regular circumstances of everyday life. These are stories of those who are living their embodied mysticism, integrated into life as usual, but far from ordinary. And today I'm here with Annie Spade. Uh, Good to see you, Annie. Thanks for joining us. (laughs) It's good to see you, Lake. Okay, so we start with our first question. Do you consider yourself a mystic? Why or why not? (laughs) Yeah, so, um, you know, to be a mystic to me is to be a person who is open, a person Mm -hmm. who says yes. You know, I always think of Mary's fiat, you know, yes. Um, and, um, you know, it, we all at this point, uh, I just turned 65. So, you know, at this point in my life, you know, I'm noticing how we all have circumstances. We all grew up in a particular family in a particular environment, all of this. And, um, my parents were very devout. Um, they met in the church. They were known as the Rosary Romance from the, the nuns. And I'm their firstborn. Um, I was named for the patron saint of the church, St. Anne's. And um, I just, I was baptized at two weeks of age and went to Catholic school, St. Anne's Catholic school, you know, <laughs> kindergarten through sixth. And, you know, I just recognized that I, from the beginning, just knew there was something more, um, just being immersed in that kind of culture, if you will. And as the eldest of eight, um, I took on a practice, and I know that I did this from the age of six and under, uh, that I would go out on the front porch, which was just a little cement porch out in West Texas, and uh, after dinner, And it's interesting to me, I was born at 6.54 p.m. And uh, so it's kind of the evening is my hour. And uh, I would just go out after dinner. And I think, you know, that sense of, you know, the house was busy. There was always a new baby crying, (laughs) whatever (laughs) was going on. And that my mother in some way indulged me in that, you know, allowed that I would just go sit and you know, I don't have any particular memories of things that happened, but just to be quiet and to um, notice the air and the clouds and the sky and just just to be present, you know. And then we moved, moved to another house and I would climb a tree in the backyard. And so I did that all through my childhood. Okay. So there's a, I hear a bit of nature in there and, you know, growing up in that environment, it makes me think, you know, there's um, a lot of uh, us and probably a lot of listeners who grew up religious, then that doesn't necessarily always translate into that openness, right? That saying yes to what is and what is present. So I'm just kind of struck by how you had that awareness of something more that that openness from a very young age do you feel like that was was a natural kind of innate thing or were there any early experiences that you particularly remember that that kind of bore that from you or or how did that kind of was it just always there 
to be honest, it really was kind of always there. And that's where I really kind of, you know, really have so much gratitude for my parents and, and recognize, but I, but I noticed as a very young person, I felt like I had a responsibility, like I had a real call, you know, to, to, to not just be all you can be, but to really um, serve. And, you know, I know when the missionaries would come through that just always struck me like, Oh, I don't think I could do that, but, you know, but I, not that, that, but, you know, I need to do something important, you know, like that was just so keen for me. And, you know, what is that mix of, you know, is that just me? Is that, you know, um, you know, my siblings are all different, of course. And, you know, we all have our, our thing, but um, for whatever reason, I feel that it was, it was what was given to me to do. And, you know, Cynthia Borsho says that, you know, when she, when you start saying yes, the universe becomes very interested in you. Kind of <laughs> so, you know, it just kind of kept kept rolling. But um. mm, mm, yeah, I, I like that, and 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 um, yeah, that might be something we might explore and talk about a little bit more later. If the the innate kind of mystical wonder and love that you work with children, so we'll we'll get to that. But first, I wanna I wanna ask if you've had any particular or noteworthy or just kind of memorable mystical experiences as you've gotten, as you got older, that, um, that, that just really speak to this way of mysticism as you feel this openness, this yes, right. As it is for you. Um, do you have any experiences you could share? Well, I mean, you know, mystically, you know, kind of more in a prayerful way. I definitely, uh, after the birth of my third daughter, when I was, 27. Um, I was praying with her godfather, actually, and it had been quite a um, challenging year <laughs> uh, before that, year before that, <clears throat> with uh, my, my work in Montessori. And, um, and he asked to pray with me, and we had prayed before together. And uh, I did have a, a uh, an experience. And he said he didn't experience anything. So it was purely from, you know, with, for me, but it, it was a real experience of fire. And, um, uh, that stayed with me for a number of years that anytime I would close my eyes, um, to pray, you know, to just be in presence, to pray, I would just get this rush, a sensation of, um, of fire. And, uh, I mean, that lasted for, 15 years, something like that. Um, and it has, has, has gone, <laughs> but, you know, just gift. And, uh, I was going to say, I did want to mention, I was trying to remember, uh, when I was a child, um, you know, today is the feast of, uh, actually October 1st, the feast of, uh, Teresa of the little flower, um, Teresa of Lisieux, who died at the age of 24. And when I was a child, my grandmother, uh, who had become a convert to Catholicism through my mom, um, she uh, subscribed to uh, like a monthly thing where we would get a story about Teresa Martin, the little girl who wanted to love God best. She wanted to love God every minute. That was, that, that was, I didn't, didn't even have, I have the book, but I didn't, don't even have to look that up. That is just in my memory. And so each month it was a different story about Teresa Lisieux 
And, you know, that she was not a perfect child, <laughs> you know, she would be naughty and what would happen, but it was all told very um, beautifully. And, um, you know, um, I feel like the work that I, I do today with, with young children very much um, grows, has grown out of that sense of, uh, because, Mother Teresa took, you know, she's Teresa from, from Teresa of Lisieux um, to do little things with great love. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, you know yourself as a, as a young dad, you know, that they're just endless small things that you do um, for your child and doing them, you know, you can do them one way and no one would ever know, but you can do them with great love. And um, you know that that is, is just adding to the 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 joy and the the reverence and the beauty of life you know every every little hidden hidden vibration like that that we we put into to life and um and i i looked this up to just kind of tie it now to present day actually I didn't realize how recently it was it was actually february of 2020 that i had a dream about mother teresa and um, she handed me, uh, I've got it in front of me, I can read it, but I'll just tell it, uh, that she handed me like a small sword, like a, a scabbard. Mm-hmm. And my initial in, in, in the dream was like, ooh, a weapon? Don't give me a weapon, you know? And then I noticed it had a jeweled handle. And, um, and what I got from her then was that she was handing this to me and I will see that, that my understanding was from her that I was to use this to quote, cut to the heart of truth about the child and others. Yeah. There's so much there, Annie, I want to touch on. And and I love you mentioning Teresa of Lisieux not being always good. Right. And that's (laughs) such a, 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 one of the things I think about mystics that we, uh, as kind of a theme of of the series of people I've talked to is, you know, it's not about doing good, being the right thing, right? Always checking the boxes. That's kind of more of the religious spirit, perhaps sometimes. And it's also not just about the experiences, right? You mentioned this this experience of fire uh, for for a number of years, but but I love the way how you phrased it. It's like that that experience might no longer be there, but it's clearly impacted who you are and how you how you live as you were talking about particularly with children that that hidden vibration that that bringing that love into these small um moments that you like you said and i can relate right that that you have all the time with kids and um i just wow what a dream i love that cuts to the heart of uh what was it the truth of say that again please i know i need to i need to internalize this more <laughs> cut to the heart of truth about the child and others Mm, so that I think to me, at least as I hear that speaks both to all of us as children, right. As Jesus said, become like the children. And then also to seeing that and experiencing that in children and how, I know that's your work, you work with children. So that ties into how, do, how does this come forth in your daily life, right? How does it affect the way you live? You, you spoke to that a little bit, right. Charging that um, those hidden vibrations into those small interactions, but say more about, about cutting to that heart of truth and, and how the child um, speaks to you of this openness of this, yes, of this innate love and um, mystical 
uh, we could say children are mystics, right? They have that innate they quality. Are. Perhaps, they absolutely so. are. We are born mystics. Mm. And, you know, and that's to, you know, dial back to what I was saying before. You know, I, I now every day with the children, I very intentionally um, do a meditation with them every morning. And, and we, we focus on one of the four basic elements of life uh, that we share, earth, wind, you know, air, water, and, and fire. Each day we focus on one of those. And, um, you know, I was just reflecting on, you know, if someone had explained to me, as I do with the children now, these young ones, like we breathe in oxygen that's what our body needs. And we breathe out carbon dioxide, but the plants and the tree, you know, the trees and the plants need carbon dioxide and breathe out oxygen. I mean, I speak of this to the children. Of course, they love to repeat those words too. Um, and you just see them just light up. And I think about, you know, and I believe really Luke that we can, reclaim that inner child that that child is still hungering for that and that as i as i share that with the young young ones that i'm privileged to work with uh, on a daily basis now at this age that i'm enkindling that for myself um and and i'm able to go back and sit on that little cement porch and you know, feel the gravity holding me at all times and and notice that it holds me all the time. That when I lay in my bed at night, gravity, the earth is still holding me and I'm breathing this air. And you know what? I can feel the wetness in my mouth and in my eyes. And so the water, you know, and the blood, you know, just all these ways that um, we're connected to life. But but you know, at some point it's like, well, yeah, duh, you know, but, but, you know, but no one celebrated that with us. And when we're young children, we're so awestruck by all of that. We're, you know, my first Montessori training, it's a, an amazing story, absolutely amazing story. And it's actually what happened right before this mystical experience of the fire um, that year um, that I, I, was able to go to Washington, D.C. for three weeks and study with Sophia Cavaletti, who had developed the Catechesis of the Good Shepherd in Rome over, over two and a half decades at that point. She was in her 60s. And that was my introduction to the spiritual nature of young children. And the, the most essential thing about young children is they're hardwired for falling in love. Mm -hmm. And this is so much via their, their wonderment because she said they, they are, are absolutely in love with their parents and admiration for their parents, but they sense there's something more. They know there's something more, but we don't name it for them. We don't, we don't help them to, um, we don't articulate it and uh, nurture that. And so, um, that was very striking to me, what you're just asking about during that course, because Sophia would sit with us each morning and give us a scripture and ask us what the meaning was for us. And she was so patient. And the ultimate meaning each day would be, yes, but do you see here where it talks about how much you're loved and cherished? 
And we were so into uh, this says what what we need to be doing for God and what, you know, our responsibility is or this, that and the other thing we would read into it. And it was so hard for us to hear that and just feast on the love. And so all the ways that we're nurtured by life and um, and that we can experience God's love, we're open to it at that young age, like like never again. Um, but we can can reach back and touch that because I'm convinced the child in us continues to hunger for that. And, and then what flows out of that is gratitude. Gratitude and joy, mm-hmm. you know, and reverence. Children, I, <laughs> uh, you know, my, my little two and a half year old little girl that started three weeks ago, she goes out of the chapel and we don't do anything religious. It's, you know, because we've got Hindu parents, you know, we've got an inner spiritual community. But this little one walks out of the chapel. She is the most reverent of the whole group, like just her body wants to honor herself as she begins her day and walks out of that, that chapel each morning, you know, that's every one of us has that nature. And some of us, you know, didn't get to to start nurturing that, you know, early for whatever reasons. And so yeah. um, going that's back and retrieving that is, is absolutely possible. Mm-hmm. And something that, that I'm passionate about working on. And actually I have had a work partner that, that came in this last year over COVID. So it's just interesting to me, that whole thing that happened with mother Teresa. And then, you know, someone has come in that's really passionate about that, that I've been working with this year. So. Oh yeah, that's, that's beautiful. And I love how, um, I mean, the word that came to me is like fundamental. I mean, you talked about the elements, but just this sort of fundamental openness hardwired for love wonderment right we we can maybe recall some of those things in ourselves as a child perhaps um or we can see it in the young ones around us if we're open right if we have that like you said the being able to to just feast on the simplicity of this delight in love and and to celebrate that in children and to teach them that to to you don't have to teach them right you you just keep it open you 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 um you know, like you said, there's a, a reclaiming of that hungering and and the inner child. And there's, oh, there's just so much here. Um, <laughs> so so I, what I'm curious, and, and you shared a little bit about, you know, talking about the plants and the breath and, um, you know, having this awareness, having this, this sort of seeing this in children, knowing this in yourself. Um, what, what are, what is maybe another uh, practical way that you bring that to, uh, celebration with the children, right? Like, um, you know, we can know all these things. We can see my kids. Well, well, what do I, what do I bring to my kid or how do I, how do I walk into that myself as an adult who might be a little less, um, connected to that, uh, fundamental <laughs> joy and love and openness, right? Like we are when we're little kids, how, how, what are some contact points or connection stories or ways that that can become a reciprocal participation or how do you do that with your kids? Yeah, a couple of things. Um, one thing is, you know, absolutely nurturing for yourself that connection with the natural world. You know, I have a, a practice every, I'm very fortunate to, I'm, I'm in my bedroom right now <laughs> talking to you, it's my Zoom room, and I have a double doors stepped out onto uh, a, a deck. And I just step out there every night, you know, it's dark already, 10 o'clock at night, whatever. 
I just step out just to breathe the air and hear the crickets and, um, you know, and same thing in the morning, you know, to just maybe, you know, if you're walking to your car or wherever it is that you can be outside, you know, that, that for me is just such an important practice, you know, um, to have a time each day that I somehow connect to the natural world. Because also it's not about giving the child something that you're not giving yourself, right? Uh, so, you know, that that just allowing yourself to be nurtured, um, you know, or just let the sun hit you for a little while and close your eyes and soak it up, whatever it is, something very simple it can be. Um, you know, you notice a, a little bug, you know, a spot, got a spider that's, you know, building out there, you know, something like that. Just focus on that. Um, but with the children, you know, that as I say, and I think, I believe um, that we're all just hardwired for ritual. When you think of the indigenous cultures throughout the world, I mean, it was our heritage to drum, to have a fire, to, to chant, to dance, to, you know, all of this. Um, and so I was just so, you know, again, as part of my whole spiritual journey, uh, but that Cynthia Bourgeau actually was my catalyst uh, to go to Nine Gates Mystery School 10 years ago. And, um, you know, there I was introduced to a number of Indigenous practices. And so I came back and began to work with the children in this way at that point. And um, so one of them is, is drumming, uh, a big Native American drum. I mean, this, this brings us um, that kind of earth heartbeat energy, you know? Yeah. And it's interesting, just like their handwriting, you know, some children, bang it, you know? I even sometimes have, it, oh, kind of, it's a little, little hard, you know? It's going to fall off the stool kind of thing. But, you know, overall, you know, some just kind of real gentle, beating of the drum, you know, like just whatever it is that they, they need to do. We also do a rattling. Uh, one of the children is a rattler, is the rattler. Uh, the rattle, there's a, a drum, a rattle, and a, a flute or whistle in indigenous cultures throughout, throughout the world and throughout the centuries. I mean, the millennia, I should say. Um, because the rattle is like calls in the spirit, you know, um, and activates, you know, it's just that energetic vibrational, um, activation. And, and then we'll do a couple of shakes to the ground, you know, like if there's anything that bothers you and I don't carry on about that much. I mean, the children just, you know, energetically pick that up. Mm -hmm. Um, but as they come into the chapel, one of them is doing the drum, uh, and there, and then one of them is, is, uh, doing the shake with the rattle, you know, to each one. And again, you see the way the children receive it. Some of them just automatically like spread eagle, like do the rattle to me. You know, others are just kind of, you know, hanging out there, you know, <laughs> whatever, whatever, you know. Um, but being able to use their bodies uh, to receive and to express, um, is what that invites. And then we've got a circle with a, a little lit candle in the middle. And uh, so then we're going to do a, a chant. We do a, a chant each morning of some vowel sounds. Um, we're actually humming ever since COVID. So we hum it. We don't do the three vowel sounds. I can send you this sometime, the, the whole thing. I've done it. I've actually done it for adults. 
several times yeah. online and everyone's asked me, please, could she write this out? Um, but anyway, it's this chant. We do it 13 times, 13 times to relate to our bodies. Um, the, the 13 major joints in our bodies are two ankles, knees, hips, elbow, uh, sorry, wrist, elbow, shoulder, and then our neck. So 13, and we have 13 moons in every solar cycle. I mean, it's really about um, the encodement of natural time in our bodies. So we do it 13 times, and then we, we do a rub of the hands, and, uh, and then we go into two to three minutes of silence. I don't know. I don't, I don't time it. Um, but these little ones from the beginning, like I'm sitting up straight, they go prone on the floor, like just, you know, the typical like prayer pose that, that you would find throughout the world. That is their natural way to pray is to be in contact with the earth that way. And, um, wow, and, then, awesome. and then I call their names, you know, and the thing is, it's about beginning your day with, with a pause. And that's how I explain it to the parents that we're not doing anything religious but it's just we're because life habits are formed at this time. And, you know, for many of us, we don't have those life habits, but we can train ourselves. Right. We do with contemplative practice and all. Um, and, yeah. and that's, you know, it's not just sitting quietly suddenly, but preparing ourselves for that. And then and then having our, our sit. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, thank you, Annie, for sharing that. And it's just, um, you know, like you said, it, you tell the parents it's not something religious and. And in a sense, like, you know, that word ritual um, and, and how elemental that is, right? Like we sometimes we think of liturgies and I'm sure growing up in the Catholic church, right? You have your, your ritualistic liturgy and those, those are beautiful too and bring a lot. And, and um, but there's something in, in the really fundamental way of, of how we can enter into that, that sacredness, that, um, you know, that sort of mystical fundamental awareness, like you said, through our bodies, through the simplest thing of the elements. I know, um, you know, with my kids who are really young, all it takes is lighting a candle, you know, like that's all you have to do. And then yeah. there, <laughs> you know, th then it's like, whoa, something has changed. It's magic. Or, or you could even just put water in a special pitcher and pour it into a bowl, right? The, these are the fundamental elemental things that kind of, yeah, step into that sacralizing of time, these indigenous practices, these things that we're all inherent to. And, you know, yeah, in our in our embodied mystical practice that uh, each of our four centers correspond to the four elements, right? Earth with right. the feet, water with the womb, right. fire with the heart and, and wind or right. air with the, with the mind. So it's, it's, it's hardwired within us. It's innate. And I love that the naturalness to which children take that. I love it. the picture of just the, the kids, you know, they're not, they don't feel like they have to sit up, right. Right. They'll, they'll lay down on the floor. They'll, they'll just be in it. And I know my kids uh, do the same and bringing me into that. And, and it can be a, a whole um, process like you described to start to build those habits, or it can be a small thing at any moment that encourages me to, to, to do that with my kids and, and help myself reconnect to that, right. Just through a simple act of, of lighting a candle or, um, or, or touching into the elements in that way and how they can take us there. So, um, that's, that's really beautiful and, and, a, a, a great kind of integration point. And like you said, that you did it for adults and they asked for it too, right. You, you don't right. have to have, right. have children to take you there, but to connect to that, that inner fundamental child mystic within, um, those are some beautiful, 
pathways of integration and experience for us. So Annie, I, I can't thank you enough for talking and having this conversation today and sharing how um, how you are an everyday mystic. It's blessed me and I'm sure it'll bless uh, a number of people who listen. So thank you. Well, you're very welcome, Luke. I, I just realized I do also sprinkle the children when they go into the chapel. So I knew that five, four elements were in there. I just yeah, I get that one. Just reminded me of that. Yeah. But yeah, they used yeah. to dip their fingers into a common bowl, you know. Yeah. But again, with COVID, COVID, you know, yeah, the sprinkling. Yeah. But you oh, know, I'm okay. just very, you know, and that's just so much about that mindfulness of that we did come to to life through the waters, okay. and so um, and so then I I I bless myself, of course, you know. Same thing. Um, and as you say, I mean, there's just nothing like being with, with children to, to nurture the child in, in ourselves. And so beautiful. Thank beautiful. you. Thank you so, so much. Great to be with you. Yeah. yeah okay. You too.